listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. It's always a pleasure to chat with Barry Wood, RTHK's international economics correspondent, to get a view of the US, live from the US. How are things in Washington today, Barry? Hot. Very hot. hot. But luckily for us, not much humidity, but yes, yeah. temperatures certainly more than 30 degrees. Oh, OK, you're beating us then. We're only 27 degrees, but we have got 92% <laughs> humidity and we do have a thunderstorm warning in place until 11.45. Anyway, let's talk about the economy. The US services sector defies expectations with an August, August surge, whilst Deutsche Bank says recession looms for the US economy. Can you help us make sense of this, please, Barry? Well, I'll have a shot at it, Stephen. Look, the service sector is very important. You know, that's banks and restaurants and shopping, all that that is non-manufacturing, non-farming. That's the biggest component in the United States economy. About 80% of all jobs, that's 120 million people, are in the service sector. So the service sector is doing well. And what Deutsche Bank is saying, as they do their forecasts, highly paid people do these, they're simply saying, look, the economy is slowing down, interest rates depress economic activity, including in the service sector, and eventually there will be a recession. Eventually is the key word there. And I think that uh, obviously they're right, but no one sees it coming soon. And in fact, maybe it won't come for another year or two. Okay, interesting thoughts there. Um, and, and your best guess would be, what, nearer the two-year time frame? Yeah, you know, the thing about monetary policy and monetary tightening, this uh, 11 times increasing the short-term interest rate that the central bank mm. controls, it's happened so quickly, yeah, more quickly than any time in the last 20, 30 years, that there's a lag time before the full effect of going from zero interest rates to now 5% interest rates, and that's just on, on short-term yeah. loans, before it takes effect. So... That means the economy will slow more than the 2% annual growth rate that we see right now. Yeah. The forecast for the, the, from the International Monetary Fund for 2024 say, well, the economy will slow from 2% to 1%. Well, and maybe it'll tip into recession, but no one is really talking recession as they did six months ago. Now, Barry, was it you that used the parallel of a cargo ship turning? So the captain turns the wheel. And in this way, quite, you know, quickly and all the way. But that ship's still going to take a while to turn. Quite well said, Stephen. I think that's exactly the case of the U.S. economy. Yeah, I think I'm quoting you actually there, Barry. I don't think I can take the credit for it. <laughs> Thank but anyway, you. well, I will. Uh, one thing seems to be clear is that of right now, the U.S. still has more momentum and activity than just about anywhere else in the world. Is there anything the rest of the world can learn from the U.S.? What, what, what's it doing right? Or is it just the advantages of being the biggest economy and having the global currency? Well, certainly being big and having the world's currency is important. But I think equally, Stephen, would yeah. be we have a pretty loose, light regulatory environment. It's easy to start businesses in the United States, easier than it is anywhere in Europe, really. And in terms of the interest rate, we talked about how quickly the rates have risen. If you go back just a year or so, you know, credit or money was very cheap. 
and that helps business too. But I wouldn't want to get uh, carried away on the United States as a model because we have some very significant problems, most of which would be around debt. Yes. And the mm. United States fiscal deficit is 10% of GDP. That's a very high number. That debt has to be serviced now at a higher interest rate. And we're going to have a debt in 2024, say the latest forecast, of about $2 trillion. That's a government deficit for the year. That's never happened. So it's not as if to say the United States is a panacea or mm. has a model for the rest of the world. Okay, yes, and um, the debt is worrying because eventually it's got to get to a point where you just can't borrow any more. So, but um, hopefully we're a long way from that. Anyway, Chinese Premier Li Qiang said on Wednesday it is important to avoid a new Cold War at, an an at the annual Asian summit, ASEAN summit, I should say. Do you think relations between the US and China could escalate into a Cold War? How different is the current situation to the previous Cold War? Well, you know, a lot of... Experts that I respect, particularly Neil Ferguson, the historian at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University, says they're already in a Cold War with China, the United States and mm. China, and it's been going on for a year. Now, it's not the kind of Cold War that we had United States, Western Europe yeah. with the Soviet Union, because that was constantly the threat of some kind of military or nuclear, conflict. yeah. Hmm. That's you could right. say, well, mm. what about Taiwan? Uh, isn't that a similar threat? Yes, it is, but I think it um, doesn't have the magnitude of what the Cold War was, yeah. which was really hostile. You look at a divided Germany, you look at a divided Berlin, the capital of Germany, and that went on for, what, 40 years. Yeah. So when the Chinese premier talks about cooperation, I think he has to be applauded. It's ironic to a lot of us here in the West to see the Chinese as a defender of the international rules-based system. But I think they're right and they're, they're, they're savvy to pick up on that because it's the United States that has violated some World Trade Organization rules by imposing tariffs. Hmm. Tariffs, you know, tax on goods coming into your country. But I don't want to absorb or eliminate China as, as a problem as well. China has not played fair, and you've got the Americans who are responding to that, and we're in a difficult patch. And I think the fact that um, the President Xi is not going to New Delhi is, is a factor, and I would think that probably as much as some hostility that might exist between India and China, there's a lot between the United States and China, that may be the reason that Mr. Xi is not going to New Delhi. Well, as always, Barry, our conversation is going very fast, so we have about a minute for this question. The US dollar is soaring at the moment, but doesn't that really badly affect US exporters, making their goods more expensive? It does, but look where the United States exports most of its goods. It's Canada and to Mexico. Those two currencies of the other North American countries are essentially linked to the dollar, so that doesn't have much impact. We export a lot to Latin America, and that is, again, pretty much more linked to the dollar. As to exporting to Europe and exporting to Asia, yes, that is a factor. But the dollar is not, a, if you look at a chart of the dollar strength, 
against the major currencies. Yes, it's high, but it's not as high as it was a few years back. So I don't think as yet, Stephen, it's a real problem. Well, great insights from you. Um, as always, Barry, always enjoy chatting with you. And today has been no different. So thank you for joining us. Barry Wood, RDHK's International you. Thank Correspondent. You,